Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my unlucky lounge rats listening out there. Good to see you've tuned in to another episode of Friday Night Podcast brought to you by Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, the denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, joined as always with me at the end of the week to put a nice little, let's say, apartive, a garnish on the top of your week-long drink. His name is Borak. Borak, say hello to all of of our listeners. That's right, Borok, it is transition time. Here in the Unlucky Lounge, we are waving goodbye to Corset 2021 and talking about some of the spoilers and cards already previewed here midway through preview season for Zendikar Rising. And we are going to have ourselves, our Friday night podcast, do a traditional best of three Corset 2021 draft to kind of wave out the summer set and, of course, give some insights on what's to come. But before we do that, few bits of housekeeping. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, BLEAV.com. Check them out for all of your audio fun time listening time. Also, this broadcast is here for all of you to join in the community. So find us on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey, Corey Demone Enriquez on Instagram, or at our Patreon. You can find us under Draft and Draft, an MTG podcast. All of you listening, truly keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, we have ourselves our best of three traditional draft queued up here. Gems have been spent and the queue is in the line. And let's go ahead and start with a tradition for all of you out there. I want you to grab a drink. I want you to hold it high in the air and celebrate yourselves for this is the untapped step. Uh, feels good, y'all. Feels good. Well, my initial impressions thus far of Zendikar Rising is that it's going to feel pretty different than its predecessors, definitely slower than the original Zendikar set, and a little bit more streamlined than Battle for Zendikar. And what I appreciate about this set is that it's got this feel of flexibility with all of the lands on one side and spells on the other. And the other sides, when it comes to the spells and creatures, are just like barely a tick down, if not right on par with the power level of certain cards at the same cost. So we will still be getting some pretty good satisfaction from playing these cards and interacting with them. In fact, some of them actually seem pretty reminiscent to old cards. Take, for example, Zoff Consumption. Uh, it is a swamp tapped on one side, and on the other side, it's each opponent loses four life and you gain four life. It's very reminiscent of an old card called Absorb Vis. So even these new cards have these uh, kind of resonant counterparts in Magic's history. So I think the complexity of these cards is not going to be too overly terrible. Uh, the constructed implications that people are kind of pointing out that it, they can be thought seized or duress these uh, land cards and if you're building towards the, your deck's uh, 
with those lands being in count, you could really get owned by an early duress or thought seize type effect. And certainly that is something that's going to happen. But thankfully it looks like in limited that's not going to be that much of a problem. And I think it's going to lead to some pretty clean uh, and somewhat, well, let's say smooth limited gameplay. And if I were to compare this limited environment to any former limited environment, it feels very much like Dominaria. You've got kicker spells, which is, you know, clearly just like the kickers that we had in Dominaria. We have the party mechanic, which kind of functions like historic, but instead of having to have a certain number of things to get the trigger, you're just going to naturally have some of these creature types. In fact, a lot of the uh, things that have party on them are built onto creatures that they in themselves are part of the party. So the historicness is kind of resonant by checking other things that are on the board or when things enter the battlefield. So it feels kind of pretty close to that. And then we have landfall, which, you know, is the good old mechanic that does a lot of work and everybody loves. You know, I certainly love it and should be fun and pretty good to see amongst these other mechanics. Well, not to break the fourth wall too much, we actually had to pause and wait for the draft to queue up. It's actually about 25 minutes we had to wait in the queue. But now that we're here, we are best of three Corset 2021 draft underway. Uh, Fire Emancipation, the sixth cost enchantment, is in the pack. Gourmand is the attractive uh, uh, uncommon here. Uh, besides that, there is a Feet of Resistance, which is probably the best common alongside Opt and Roaming Ghostlight. And I'll probably just step, like start on Feet. It's just a great card, and if you're in any deck that's aggressive and white, which should be all decks that are white, uh, it's a good way to start. So we're going to start off with a Feet of Resistance. Uh, next up, we see an Enthralling Hold, which is kind of enthralling. It's, you know... I mean, how do you argue with the mind control? It might be situational, but it's still quite good. Uh, there is a kinetic auger, but it's not really the journey that we want to take. There's a pride malkin if we really think we can force green-white tokens. Uh, but since this is, this is best of three, I'm going to go enthralling hold. Maybe see if we can do some kind of uh, blue-white control kind of build here. Uh, next up we see Liliana's Devotee uh, and Furious Rise as the two uncommons. Sanctum of All is the rare in the pack. There's also a Mistral Singer and there's a Swift Response. Now, considering that we're in best of three, so the aggro matchups shouldn't be all that abusive, I guess is a good word. Uh, I'm willing to take a Swift Response in the early and then it can really play well and uh, you know, if we can have some kind of blue-white control package with some solid removal spells and interaction, it might not be outside the realm of possibilities. There's also a Mistral Singer and a Sky Scanner, but I think just taking a swift response right now is probably for the best. Uh, pick 4, Pack 1, uh, we see a Dismal Backwater. Now that's interesting if we want to try and go into 3 colors, which... I've never, ever would encourage in uh, best of one course at 2021, but maybe things have slowed down just uh, a tad going into this, uh, which means that maybe we can try and build around, maybe put, oh boy, I don't even know like what kind of black cards we really want to go for. And this is kind of like one of the main points is unfortunately black was just a very weak color overall. If we're not taking a dismal backwater, we could take a revitalize, we could take a cancel, uh, there's a Rambunctious Mutt. 
There is a Truffle Snout, though. I might take the Truffle Snout. Uh, and I think I'm going to. Maybe we can't get there with this Enthralling Hold, and that's going to have to be okay. But uh, we'll take that in a relatively weak pack anyway. Uh, pick 5, pack 1. We see an Opt, which is great. Love to see that. There's a Daybreak Charger. Always a card that I'm not sad to see. There's a Valorous Steed. And I think I'm just going to take the Opt. The Opt just makes so many more hands keepable. So maybe this Truffle Snout doesn't really pan out for us, but I'm pretty okay with that. Uh, pick 6, there's still a Chandra's Magmut in this pack, and man, uh, if you've tuned into any of my live drafts, I love me some Chandra's Magmut. Uh, there's also Aquarian Dryad, which is in some colors here. Maybe we can take that and go green-blue, but green-blue is just not that good. There is a second opt. There's also a Vidalian Arcanist. Uh, can play defense pretty well. Uh, there's also a Keen Glide Master. I don't think the Aquarian Dryad's right, and I don't think trying to go into red is correct. Uh, we'll love to take the opt. Opt is obviously better in uh, blue-red. So, no, nah, I'm just going to take the, the opt, though. It's just, just an overall great card to have in a format like this. Now we see a Tranquil Cove, which is great, which means that maybe we can start to think about what else we can play around with in the space if we do think that things are a little bit slower. I'm just going to snatch up that Tranquil Cove. Uh, next up is a Keen Glidemaster as a 2-drop. There's a Frost Breath. There's a Staunch Shieldmate. I'm going to go with the Keen Glidemaster pretty safely here. Uh, and then we do see a Makeshift Battalion. Now, talk about a sleeper card at the top. It looks like just a 3-2 three, for 3, but then you realize that you're just attacking with 3 creatures often. And this card actually has kind of a pretty close card in the coming Zendikar Rising, a card called Paired Tactician. It's a 3-2 three, for 3 uh, in white, and then when it and another warrior attacks, you put a counter on Paired Tactician. Really feels a lot like Makeshift Battalion, so I wouldn't sleep on Paired Tactician as long as you have enough warriors in your deck to complement it nicely. Uh, now we're in pick 10. We did table the bism Dismal Backwater. Uh, there is a Spine Megalodon in this pack as well, and Spine Megalodon uh, can be a win con with like a Keen Glide Master and a Rousing Reed. And like I said, I'm not all that inclined to want to start to splash around. So I think I might just take the Spine Megalodon. Uh, I definitely don't want to splash around in the color of black either. It's just not a great way to go. Uh, Death Bloom Thalad still in the pack. As we said, black's just kind of a weak color overall. I'll probably take this Prismite. It's early interaction. And maybe if we're deciding to do some splashing, we can find a place for it. Revitalize, Staunch Shieldmate, Cancel, and Forgotten Sentinel still in the pack. I'll take a Cancel. Uh, if we're in a good position, it can pay off. Valor Steed, uh, pick 13. Uh, and then we do table the Vidalian Arcanist, which is nice. Might actually make the cut. So blue-white does seem to be open. And if we can get some flying payoffs, it might be uh, a pretty reasonable turn of the dial. Well, now this is like kind of a really defining uh, pick kind of just shows up the format. So at rare, there's a Shackle Geist. 2-2 two, two for 2. Can only block creatures with flying, and you can tap 2 and tap spirits to tap a creature uh, that you don't control. We also have Tempered Veteran, which is a wonderful card, but then we have a Bastry's Acolyte. We all know it. 2-3, lifelink for 4, puts 2 counters uh, on up to 2 other creatures. So 1 counter on uh, up to 2 other creatures. And this card is just so insane. There's also Swift Response. Maybe we can table the Swift Response and continue to go into this control deck, but I just, I can't pass a Bastard's Acolyte. And as much as I love a 2-2 two, two Flyer for 2, you just can't argue with it. Now we get another 
Bastry's Acolytes. There's a Containment Priest uh, in this pack as well, but there's also an Angelic Ascension. And this card is such a role player. This is another one that if we're in the white deck, it just does everything you need it to. It can blank an opponent's removal. You make a 4-4 flyer. That's pretty hard to deal with in the format. And as much as I do love to take double Bastard's Acolyte, we don't have enough creatures in the early to curve out nicely to make it really hum. So I'm going to go with the Angelic Ascension. And then we get to pack... Two pick three. Uh, there's a lofty denial. There's a legion's judgment. There is a daybreak charger. Uh, daybreak charger is probably going to be our pick here. Uh, there's a furious rise, and we're not going to splash any of this stuff. So uh, we'll take the charger. Uh, so the summer months waned quite long uh, with Corset 2021, and at the end of it, we can say that this format kind of went and came, and it was fine. It was more aggressive, I think, than. You know, people want it to be, uh, me included. I was not very good at the beginning of the format, and I was, like, just okay when we got to the mid part of it. Uh, pick four, pack two. We're going to take a capture sphere. Nice little piece of removal. Uh, and then we get to find a Gale Swooper. What a nice role player. Nice 3-2 uh, flying for four that gives another creature you control flying until end of turn. So the aggressive decks and the headliners uh, being like red-white being such an aggressive card. Alpine uh, uh, Hack Master is a crazy, crazy uh, uh, red-white card because when you're curving out and you just get card advantage with your two-drop, amazing. Conclave Mentor, the green-white build-around that gets extra counters on other creatures. What a phenomenal card. Like, how do you ever beat your opponent doing two of those into a feat of resistance? I think the answer is you just don't. Uh, pick six, not much in this pack for us. There's a Thornwood Falls, which I'm considering. We might table it, though. Uh, we're going to take... Uh, yeah, we'll take the land. There's a Revitalize, and there's a uh, Spine Megalodon in that pack, but neither seem very appealing. Ooh, all right. Interesting, interesting. A card I never got to play with, Idol of Endurance. Two and a white, you exile all creatures with CMC three or less, and then... For one white, you can tap and cast a creature card exiled from Idol of Endurance without paying its cost. What a nice little piece of uh, of card value. And we're starting to get a number of two and three drops. I think this will slot nicely. There's not much else. There's a dub. There's a warded battlements. There's a wall of ruins. Yeah, we'll just take the Idol of Endurance. And hey, maybe we can do something cool with it. Uh, pick eight, pack two, nothing. There's a Garrick's Uprising, which is... You know, kind of sad to see so late. But even with this Thornwood Falls, that's just not a card that's very appealing to us because we just don't have any four power creatures. Uh, we will take a Swift Water Cliffs just in case. Have some tap lands, see what we can do with it. We get a second Spine Megalodon in uh, pick nine. And I guess overall you could say that Corset 2021, it came, it went. It was better than a normal Corset. Uh, you know, going back to like the, the really crazy mid days of, uh, you know, M12, M13, some of them being really sweet, some of them being big, big uh, fails. Like the one where, um, uh, uh, I forget the name of the card, four colors, blue, blue, instant draw, four cards. Ooh, we tabled Containment Priest on pick 10. That, like, that card was just like insanely, insanely good in that format. We'll take a secure the scene. So, you know, it, this was a fine corset, and it gave us some pretty cool like reprints, and you know we're not fully unhappy with it, but maybe just a little bit too aggressive for my own tastes. So, uh, just a quick recap of what our deck looks like at the moment. We do have a 
large number of uh, you know pretty solid two drops. We've got double daybreak charger, containment priest, uh, Vidalian arcanist, king glide master. Our feet is really showing some love. Table the revitalized. Uh, we're trying to play a little bit more of a control build. We didn't table the swift response, uh, one of that we have in our deck right now. Uh, but we do have double spine megalodon. We've got an enthralling hold, Bastion's acolyte. Uh, so we're like, we're kind of like, like in between blue-white flyers and blue-white aggressive stuff. Uh, ooh, pick one, pack three. We get to tell more stories about M21 because there is a Teferi's tutelage. Now, while we don't have a lot of card draw at the moment, we do have double opt, and it's not outside the realm of possibility for us to pick up maybe a few extra card draw things, and with our number of random kind of controlly cards, this could be a nice way to close out the game. Uh, but yes, Teferi's tutelage alongside... Uh, 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 seasoned Hallowed Blade are probably the two best uncommons in the set, and it's not very close. Teferi's Tutelage can just make an opponent lose out of nowhere uh, for not having to do much than just draw a card per turn. Uh, pick two, pack three. There's a Sanctum of Calm Waters, one of the few shrines that is actually pretty okay. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something we necessarily want to invest in. Our other option is the Alpine Watchdog. I might actually take the Sanctum of Calm Waters because it does go nicely with the Teferi's Tutelage that we just picked up. And if we do find uh, maybe like the Red Shrine, possibly, we could splash it off of these Swift Water Cliffs that we had and get a little extra. It's probably better than just taking another two drop. So we'll take the Sanctum of Calm Waters and be pretty okay. Whoa! And there is a second Teferi's Tutelage. So all of a sudden, this deck went from, you know, pretty okay to now our game plan is double Teferi's Tutelage, and we're going to try and find every piece of card draw that we possibly can. Uh, now we're going to pick four pack three. Uh, there's a Gale Swooper and a Makeshift Battalion in this pack. I'm probably going to take the Battalion, uh, if only because I want some more low-to-the-ground stuff. Uh, and I do have a number of two drops, plus it goes nicely with the Isle of Endurance. Uh, so at this point, we're just going to try and just have as much interaction as we possibly can and clog up the board and try to win with double Teferi's Tutelage and Enthralling Hold and maybe a Spine Megalodon or two. We'll see. Uh, pick five, pack three. There's a Meteorite and there is an Anointed Chorister. Chorister, another great narrative for M21. A really unassuming 1-1 one, one for one that you pump to make it into a 4-4. Four, four. This card is just phenomenal and I think surprised a lot of people as the format developed I being amongst one of them I was like oh this this card's probably okay but actually is you know better than okay uh pick six the rarest on the pack animal sanctuary we don't have any interactions with it but we do have a library larcenist that will take works obviously quite nicely with the teferi's tutelage happy to see that now we have a griffin airy uh, the one and a white enchantment, when you gain three life during your turn, you make a 2-2 griffin with flying. This card sadly did not quite get there. The black-white life gain deck just... It, it can happen, but you need to open things like griffin airy pretty early in order to really kind of place yourself well to make that deck happen. Uh, we'll take our second Valorous Steed in pick eight. Uh, rounding out with a Concordia, Concordia Pegasus. Uh, probably not going to find much more card draw uh, in this pack, but... We're definitely going to try and get there off of controlling the board, clocking it up, and then having double Teferi's tutelage. And, you know, maybe that can be something that can help us out. We'll take a wall runes for the board. Uh, 
take a wish coin crab as well, or Wisconsin crab as Gabby calls it. Uh, uh, one of the most amazing streamers in the world. Check her out. She's phenomenal. Uh, find her on Twitch. She's great. Uh, in any case, what a core set to walk away from. Ending up with double Teferi's tutelage in this deck. Surprised it can find a Teferi's protege. I guess we'll take this dub to help complement some of our uh, other stuff in the third pack. I actually don't think I saw any of them throughout the draft. Uh, would have probably easily taken one uh, to just make sure that the uh, deck kind of hums out nicely. And I just like to pick one up randomly. Before we wrap this up, let's take a wider view of M21 in Arena and as a whole. Played quite a bit of it, and I feel like the biggest lesson learned from this is finding ways to balance some of the more aggressive uh, archetypes in a limited format is always a good thing. And I think the biggest issue with those aggressive formats is that the ranked play on Arena was best of one. Green decks and uh, green red decks do have quite a bit of game in the field with Acceleration off of Landwar, Visionary, Drowsing Tyranodon to clog up the board, and it does not make me uh, unwilling to draft green. But unfortunately, when we don't have best of three, the aggro decks tend to have a better go of it. And that's not uh, M21's fault. It's actually just not having best of three in there. And I would love to see the arena devs at some point put in best of three. Now, granted, we waited 25 minutes to queue up a traditional draft on arena. If they're not firing those drafts, I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Why in the world would we want to implement a feature or spend our time on a feature when there's so many other things that they can do throughout their developing of this online mobile app uh, that they're trying to go for and all the coming sets and all the products that just keep coming out and out and out. Why spend time if it's going to take people 25 minutes to queue a draft for best of three? Unfortunately, being someone that started in the LGS, someone that played so much Paper Magic, went to big tournaments, having a lack of best of three and table drafting, so just drafting with those eight people and then playing against them with the pool that you have, it just makes it a completely different game. It makes it a completely different format. And while best of one being able to jump in and out and kind of take these drafts more at your leisure, it is a boon. It is a blessing. But you just can't beat the value of playing and drafting the same people in a best of three format. Maybe when we have some kind of limited weekend, we can do best of one in day one, and then day two is best of three in the table. Maybe it can be just three drafts on a table, eight man, and then whatever your overall best record is, you get to go and move on to the next one. Maybe we can just do the old GP format of a sealed pool, then going into day two drafting. Oh, what I would give for that experience on Arena. I would adore it. But that's enough about M21 and, of course, going back on the rhetoric of best of three and best of one. Uh, but we're going to get into playing these games and drafting the deck and we'll post the results online but since it is best of three it'll probably take a little bit of time and I want to make sure that you all have a great end of your week now stay tuned this coming week we're gonna be probably going back into the unlucky lounge event hall and play another edition of excess or make sense what card is gonna make it into the game show this time around who will be 
its true one and only limited pair match well the only way to figure out is to hit that subscribe and tune in in the meantime it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for tuning in, all of my unlucky lounge rats. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And thanks for listening to Draft and Draft. Now go out there, make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.